0: Hello and welcome Nurturing Parents to another episode here at the Nurturing Parent Podcast. And today we are talking about one of our most important values and that is connection. So in this week's episode we're going to dive into what connection isn't, what it is, and how it helps our relationship and getting our kids to really listen to us and do what we ask of them. But it's also understanding that connection isn't sometimes what we think it is. For example, I'll share, sometimes I'll let my daughter watch a little more TV because she's begging for it. I feel like she'll be happier and she'll love me more if I give her just a little bit more. But that is not connection and sometimes that's actually harming our connection. Another example is with the sweets. I hate when my daughter eats sweets because I know she starts acting out right after but sometimes I'm exhausted and like I said sometimes she just wants it so bad and I feel like she's gonna love me a little bit more if I say yes but that is not how it works. And so if you want to learn how it works and how we can help foster that connection, stay tuned to learn more in this week's episode. Okay, are you ready? Let's dive into it.
1: Hey mama, welcome to the Nurturing Parent podcast. Do you want to end the constant battles for bath time? Do you find yourself emotionally exhausted at the end of the day? Do you wake up with big hopes for a smooth day of fun with your little ones, only to face an early morning meltdown because you peeled their banana the wrong way.
0: Really, you. Really, you. Hey, I'm Serena. I am a mama of two little ones, and as a new mama, I constantly questioned myself. I wanted to make sure I was raising respectful kids while also building a strong bond with them. But I discovered that I had to unlearn my ideas that punishment was the way. With Amalisa's encouragement, I've been practicing a respectful and gentle parenting approach, which is strengthening our bond as a family.
1: And hi, I'm Amalisa. Amma means grandmother in Icelandic. I am a mama and an amma. And I have over 40 years of experience in child care and parent coaching. And I am so excited to share the knowledge I've gained over these years with you.
0: Together in this podcast, each week we will explore some easy-to-implement skills you can add to your parenting tool belt to help you create a happy, thriving family.
1: All right. Today we want to look at one of the core values here at The Nurturing Parent. The core value of being a nurturing parent is... Drumroll, please. Tell us what it is, Serena. Serena. Connection, connection, being connected, feeling connected, knowing that our connection is strong. What's there for you and what do you see that that you think might help our listeners get more clear on?
0: So I've learned in these two and a half years through this parenting journey with the nurturing parent how important connection is but one thing that I see get confused is what connection isn't and sometimes I feel like us just trying to connect or make our kids happy will buy them things or let them have an extra sweet or I don't know if it's this satisfaction piece that we're getting mixed up with connecting um, but I want to have a clearer understanding of what connection doesn't look like because sometimes those forms can be a little harmful to mm. the connection. Love it. Oh, I love it. I love it.
1: Okay. First thing that comes up for me there is back when I was a mom <laughs> a few decades ago, you guys, Um, a mom of a young child. I'm still a mom. Um, and, <laughs> There was what was being called the Disneyland dad syndrome. And I don't know, I don't hear it as much these days, but what it basically was, was when, when parents were separated, children lived with mom five days a week and went to dad on the weekend and dad in that scenario would typically give the children whatever they wanted they would take them out and buy them lavish gifts they would take them amazing places and do expensive things with them and really really impress the kids trying to whether it was to win their love or to win their favor or to have them their children know that they were the best dad ever it was kind of this feeling of making up for something that they perceived was missing. And it was really detrimental to the kids. And it was really detrimental to the other parent. So it it, it was not a good thing. And what I see now, that whole idea of what you were just talking about, Serena, giving in to all a child's demands. That's not true and deep connection. That's what I refer to as fluff connection, a fluffy surface. You're going to tell me what you want. You're going to demand what you want, whether it's that chocolate bar at the checkout, Stand when we're going, you know, getting our groceries, or whether it's the next 29,000 plastic, silly toys when we're at Target, or whatever that looks like, giving in to their demands, or I want more ice cream, I want more ice cream, whatever it is. That's actually not connection. And it's doing a disservice to our children. And we'll get into why in a minute. But trust me, this is not the route to connection. It's also putting your child in the driver's seat and they don't belong there. They belong buckled into the back seat. You, parent, you are the driver. And that's where connection comes from.
0: Right. And I feel like sometimes this even happens because we might have mom guilt Maybe we're not Mm -hmm. just trying to connect. Maybe we just have mom guilt. So to make up for that, we want to go to Target and get a toy. And maybe that mom guilt is coming because we know we're not connecting enough with our kids. And to make up for it, we'll go and buy them a toy. And maybe we're not able to connect with our kids because when we're home, we're too busy doing things or we're too busy scrolling. And the scrolling one I'm going to oh. say it. And some people might not even like to admit they're scrolling. I'll admit to it. I hate I hate when I get stuck in that hole and I'm scrolling through my phone and I'm very aware of it. Yet I still get caught in it. But I know there are also other mothers that aren't so aware, get caught in it, fall into this mom guilt spiral. And then, like you said, fluff it up with the gifts or mm-hmm. the ice cream.
1: And it's not just moms, it's dads too. Dad's listening. Of course. You
0: guys know what we're talking
1: about too. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And that's why I wanted to start with that Disneyland dad syndrome from decades ago is because that was the core of it. Um, I feel guilty that I'm not there with my kids all the time. So I'm going to bend over backwards to do everything I can to almost win their love through giving into their demands through buying them things, all that stuff. And it somehow hopefully alleviates that guilt that we're not able to be there with them.
0: Uh, 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 uh. That actually brought up a memory. I I was going to the um, gym with my dad for some time and we were talking to the coach and he was saying, I love my daughters, something like that. And then he was like, yeah, I still pay for her phone. That's, And he was trying to compare his love for me for how much he spends on me. And I was just like, did, did you just hear that? <laughs> did that make sense to you?
1: Wow. Yes. Oh, that's amazing, Serena. Um, Yeah, and we will. The other thing about screen time, I am glad that you brought that up. We sometimes, as busy parents, increase the screen time our children. Because we're busy, we need to get dinner done, we need to get the tidying up done, we need to da, 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 And increasing the screen time, we think, is deepening our connection in a weird backwards way because they want the screen time so badly. And if we give in to that need, then they're going to love us because we said yes. I'm sorry, that's not the way it works and the thing about that screen time is it seriously interferes with connection. I don't know if any of you have been on a date recently <laughs> with or without your current like with with your husband or or with you know if you're in the dating world but when I've been on dates in these screen time years and you know, you're sitting at the table or it could just be a, a coffee date with a friend and the person pulls out their phone and it's like you're sitting right there across the table from them. What happens to the connection?
0: Oh, it's gone.
1: It is so gone.
0: So it's gone. not even That's... in the
1: room, right? So yeah, there's something. If you're increasing screen time for your children's desires to be met with their screen time or... If you are on your screen, connection is just not even in the room. Um and the other thing that connection is not is babying your child. You know, when our children are infants, it's like,
2: oh, baby, oh, oh, baby,
1: sweet baby, look at those chubby toes. Oh, I love those toes. That's appropriate when your baby's a few weeks old, maybe a few months old. When they're toddlers, you can still play that up a bit in those connection kind of playful times. And I want you to really be careful that you're not carrying on the baby talk voice, the cutesy voice, the,
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Did that hurt you? Oh, baby, 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 Let me make it better.
1: That's not actually deep connection either. Is there anything there for you, Serena?
0: Yeah, I feel like that's something that's enabling them. It can be using that voice. It can be carrying them, maybe they're seven, eight, nine years old. And they're like, I want I want to be carried. I want to be carried. Mm -hmm. I I don't feel like that's appropriate. Mm
1: -hmm. I have a 12 year old grandson who's still he's a big boy, you know, and he still loves to climb up on my lap or his mama's lap at different times. And that's sweet and lovely. And I love that he still wants to snuggle physically in. And I know that that's going to disappear soon, likely. Right?
0: Yeah. And that's snuggling. Mm -hmm. I've seen like an eight year old like carry me, carry me when it can be harmful to the parents back. Oh, wow. yeah, Yeah. (laughs) yeah so I don't I don't want to get that confused but when it can like you're hurting yourself to baby this child Mm -hmm. who doesn't need the babying anymore maybe if they do need cuddling you can set that boundary I'll I'd be more than happy to cuddle with you on the couch but when it's something like that where they're trying to control you and and Mm, carry me making
1: yeah yeah no that does not seem appropriate at all Um, And it depends where is that coming from, right? That need of that older child to be babied in a way. And that sounds to me like there's a relationship dance going on there um, in that scenario that you're talking about where the parent isn't realizing it's time to step it back, step it back, step it back. As our children grow, here's something that I got like a like a big flashing neon sign in my mind the moment my daughter came out of my body and onto my chest i remember thinking this is the beginning of her separating from me and becoming her own person we the parents have a job and that is to raise children who will grow independent of us. It's a hard job. Trust me. My daughter's 38. I would do anything to have more time with her. But she's a working mom. And, and it's hard because I've raised this daughter who's independent. And I love it. And that's our job. We need to raise independent humans who can go out in the world and make their difference in the world.
0: Thank we you. can't have
1: them depending on them uh, when they're six, seven, eight, nine, ten, in those ways that w- they did when they were two, three, four.
0: Yes, that was very it's well. all
1: good, good, good. Sorry, I kept interrupting you. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: no, sorry. <laughs> That's exactly what I was looking for. That was a great way to explain and address. Great. Awesome.
1: Okay. So that is a few ways that, um, we can look at what connection is not, um, that, that Disneyland dad syndrome, giving into all their demands, you know, buying things they don't need to try and win their favor, um, somehow making up for a perceived lack Maybe if you feel like you weren't a good parent and now you're listening to the nurturing parent and now you have to nurture, 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 but you're maybe going overboard. <laughs> um, babying your child when your child is not a baby anymore. If they fall down and skin their knee when they're five, six, seven years old, the even when they're two, three years old, the appropriate response is, ooh, ouch. Don't rush up with the, oh, 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 I'm so, oh, are you okay? Oh. No, no, no. That's actually not connection. That's overbearing. Ooh, ouch. Let me know if you need some help. And if your six-year-old is lying on the ground with a skinny going, help me, help, me, help me! Your job is to be the parent and go. I'm right here. Come and get me when you're ready to get up. Don't race over and pick them up. They're six now, or whatever. You know what I mean. If they're two, they might need you to come and help them and pick them up and let them know that you're close. They probably don't need you to pick them up, like up off the ground. They can get up off the ground. I don't want you to be tough about this, but I also don't want you to race in there and oh,
2: I'm
1: so sorry that happened. No, they fell and skinned their knee. That's childhood. Stay with us. We'll be right back. A family of blue people from the bright yellow planet take a fantabulous summer vacation trip all over the universe. Young Heon gets kidnapped by giant rats, and the whole family almost gets danced to death in outer space, but they still manage to go to intergalactic beaches, county fairs, nightclubs, motels, and they go shopping. On the podcast, I'll read from my middle
2: grade novel version, and I'll play songs from the album. So come here, Space Vacation, the musical. And remember, the universe is like a song.
1: The universe is
0: like a song. Yeah, so I have seen, and I'm not going to name them, but I have seen kids be raised with all those things of what connecting isn't. And what I have seen is when they've grown up, is that they grow up with this attitude of the world owes me something, or always looking mm-hmm. at the world as if we're supposed to run up to them and provide that for them, which is not what we want for our kids to grow up because it doesn't lead to a successful um, someone with confidence and mm-hmm. the ability to be happy, really.
1: Self esteem, self confidence. I know my place in the world. I know that I can make a difference in the world. And I know that I can make a difference for others in the world. What you were referring to is the entitlement. Yes. And we are somehow raising children that are so entitled. Every time they turn around, they expect that the world is going to give them the silver spoon And there's a really fine balance to supporting the growth and nurturing of our children so that they have the connection with us that helps them grow in that self-confidence and that self-esteem is healthy. And in that self-confidence and self-esteem, there is empathy for the world around them. The natural world, the human world, you know, all the places around them are in their vision. But if we focus on them overly much, pouring this babying kinds of what we think we're giving our children everything they need. Because we're the best parents or we're trying to be the best parents. We were terrible parents, but now we're better parents. And if we're over pouring into them then they just start seeing that the world is all about them. Exactly what you just said. Yeah. Perfect. So let's start looking at what is connection then? What does it look like? There's a whole bunch of things that we know it's not. Um, where it begins is responding to the basic needs of our infant. From the moment that baby's born, we hold them on our bodies. We, they have touch. We are a social mammal. They need to feel us. We, uh, we, we respond as a mammal. We, 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 <clears throat> we respond to touch. It's important for us. It helps us learn about the world. That loving holding of our babies is a need that they have. When they are hungry, we feed them. Hopefully breastfeed them. When they are <laughs> tired, we help them fall asleep. Those are the basic needs. That's where connection starts. That's We call it attachment parenting or connected parenting, right? And it starts with us being very attentive Now, if you have a young baby, you can start here. Being attentive, um, noticing what is going on for your child. If you have a toddler, you can also start here. If you have an older child, I want you to pull back your kind of... um, if you've become that parent who's overgiving or this conversation is alerting you to the question that i wonder if i am a parent who's overgiving to my child thinking that that's connection my encouragement to you is that you pull back from that kind of immediate response to take care of everything and oh honey you want me to pick you up oh you're so you're big but okay i'll do whatever i can right pull back from all of that And become the observer. Be attentive. What's going on in your child's life? If the child falls down and scrapes their knees. Here, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm looking after my little guy um, who I had for three and a half years in my care. And he was about three at this time. And I will say he is uh, neurodiverse. So developmentally, your three-year-old, like every three-year-old is a little bit different, right? But here he was, we were on a walk. I go for walks um, in my power wheelchair and I can't go down, you know, steep hillsides and things. And there was this little tiny ditch that he really wanted to go run in the river or he wanted to go jump across the river, he called it. It's a very tiny ditch. It was about eight inches wide and probably three inches deep. So I knew it wasn't dangerous. And he told me that he wanted to go and jump across the river. And I said, okay, I need you to know that if you go down the bank to the river ditch <laughs> and you go across the ditch, I need you to know that it's probably slippery on the grass. And what I really need you to know is that if you fall down, Um, Amma's not going to be able to come and get you because I'm going to be sitting up here on the side of the road on my wheelchair and you're going to be right there just a few feet away from me. Like he wasn't going far. I knew that it wasn't dangerous. I want to get that point across. So he goes down the bank. He's very proud of himself. He's very excited that he's like feeling this big independent moment, right? And the grass is slippery and he slips and he falls in the little ditch. And now his pants are all wet and he hates being wet. He just, one of those kids that's like, no. (laughs) And he's looking at me with the big eyes and the big tears are starting and the big face. And he's like, I'm like, yes, I see it was slippery and you fell in the water. And he's reaching his hand up to me. And I said, I see that it was slippery and you fell in the water and now you need to get up. I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come. And I said, Yeah, I'm gonna can't come and get you. I'm gonna come. And then he's getting mad at me. And I'm like, I'm not going because I physically can't go. And I've already told him that. So I'm not buying into this. And I also know that he's not hurt. And that he can get himself up. And it was this great, I tell you the story because it was this great moment for him. And I just calmly with a normal tone of voice, I was like, you know what? I know you've got this. I know that you can figure out where to put your feet so that it's not going to be the slippery parts. And he started sort of moving his feet around. And I said, and I know that once you get up, you can step across that big river again and come and get me. And I'll be ready to pull you up onto my lap and we can zoom home and get you dry pants and sure enough he got himself up he cried for a few minutes cuz he was really into this you know i'm 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 in a i'm in a predicament and i can't get myself out and i think that probably the parents as parents will often do would rush to his aid a little too quickly And I was, you know, because I'm not the parent, I was able to say, "Hmm, I I know you got this. And he did. And he came up. And when he got himself up and he crossed the river back over to me, and he looked at me and the beaming smile on his face, the pride that I could see in his eyes was beautiful. And ever since that moment, anytime he would fall down when we were running or he was using a scooter and he would fall and sometimes they do scrape their knees and it hurts and you just say, oops, that looks like it might have hurt. Come and get me when you need some, if you need a little snuggle. Right. So you don't rush up to them.
0: I love that story. And I love those opportunities for the kids to build resilience and learn from those moments when we can allow that space for that. Yes.
1: Thank you. It's all about allowing space for our child to grow and connection. You nailed it right on the head. Connection builds resilience. And in that connection, we have to allow the space for that resilience to develop. So that's what I'm talking about. Being that observer, tuning into your child's needs and being attentive to what actually needs to happen right now. If that bigger child you talked about, that six, seven, eight year old asks to be carried, hmm, honey, it sounds like you need a little snuggle time. Why don't we hold hands while we walk to the car? Or we could go arm in arm. We could link arms. Or we could put our arms around each other, right? But no. I'm all done carrying you, my love. And I love you so much. And you're awesome. That kind of thing. So we need to step back. And we need to be attentive. But be that observer. Give them the space to build their resilience. All right. And then what does, what else is connection? What else does it look like? When I say, if I tell you the term active listening, can you tell me what that means to you, Serena, what that would look like?
0: Active listening, I think, (laughs) looks like eye connection.
1: Yeah. So eye contact for sure. Getting down to your child's level, if they're very little kids, you know, getting down and, and getting that eye contact and really listening to them. And part of the listening could be acknowledging with your words. Um, oh, you really wished Amma could come and get you when you fell in the creek. And Amma was right here, but you wished I could come. And it made you sad that I couldn't come. Yeah, I get that. That was part of the conversation we had on the way home. So that was the act of listening, acknowledging the feelings that are there in what the child's sharing with you. Oh, yeah. Dr. Dan Siegel. I listened to a whole bunch of his work when I was preparing for this episode. And he has this beautiful four S's of connection to be seen to feel safe, to be soothed and to feel secure. Seen, safe, soothed, secure. So when we go into the next little portion here about how do we know if our child is feeling the connection that we think we're giving them, I want you to remember those four S's, seen, safe, soothed, secure. They're a really easy um, touchstone for us. So another way that connection, what it does look like is having um, you time for your child to have you and child time. And there is an episode way early in our very beginning episodes, episode number five, all about having special dates with one-on-one. If you have more than one child, taking each child on a date, just the two of you. And the child gets to choose what you do. That's a really lovely episode to look at. But just doing simple things together in this you, you and child time. Um, and and, the, and that doesn't mean the separate date time. This is just daily time. Another way to be and feel connected is stopping and having that story time together. Stopping and having a dance break or singing time together, singing and dancing together, taking a walk and having a talk on a walk. Let's go for a walk and a talk. That could be something that you just say when you notice that the child might be needing a little bit more and you have even a 10 minute walk around the block. It doesn't have to be an hour, right? And also even just doing your daily tasks and the chores, let's, why don't we get this laundry folded together? Cause then we can hang out and we could sing some songs or we could talk about our day together. I love doing that while we're just folding the laundry. Can you find all the socks and then can you make the socks go together? Right? And so that's even a way connection sometimes happens in the littlest moments. It's not, the big trips to Disneyland. It's not the big expensive gifts. It's the little moments being with our children, not racing around, putting them in all the classes that everybody's putting all their kids into because those are the ways that our children are going to grow the best.
0: Yeah. My daughter right now, she's not in any classes and sometimes I get a little down about it. Like I'm not doing enough for her or this is the daughter that's in daycare? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> How many hours a day is she in
0: daycare? From nine to five. Okay. Yeah. So she's yeah. got an
1: eight hour day. She's three and a half years old. Trust me, she does not need any extra stimulation. Yeah. She will need downtime. She will need family time. She will need sibling and cousin time. She will need you time. That's it. She needs quiet and coming into herself time. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that because that's what we think, because that's what we're being inundated with. Give them more, do more, get them into all the classes, get them into classes early. You know, even on our, on our music uh, episode recently, I, you know, I did say that studies show the earlier they get into music lessons, you know, the more the brain has elasticity and I don't want you to put them in music lessons. If they're in daycare all day, I want you to sing and dance with them. I want you to get little instruments that they can play at home, little shakers or tambourines or, you know, okay, that's good. I'm glad you mentioned that part. So how do we know when our child is feeling connected with us? They will feel, they will be less clingy, less whiny. So if your older child is like whining all the time at you and you just keep pouring more and more and more into them and buying them everything they want when they go to the shops and all those things, The indication that they're not feeling deep connection or true connection, but maybe more fluffy connection, as I call it, is that they're going to be clingy and whiny. There's other reasons why they might be clingy and whiny, but if it's a constant kind of behavior that they exhibit, that's an indication that you need to look at how your connection is happening. You will experience Your child will experience less tantrums, less meltdowns when they're feeling more connected. They will also have tantrums when they're tired, when they're overstimulated, when there's too much excitement going on, when, you know, something is happening too, of course, but there will be less tantrums and meltdowns the more connected they feel to you. And I don't want this to sound like I'm bragging, but I'm going to tell you, that my daughter went through being a two-year-old and a three-year-old without tantrums. Like, I honestly cannot remember her having a tantrum. If she did, there might have been two or three, and they were very short-lived. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying I did this when she was a baby. I nurtured her with deep connection. We didn't have... Phones in our pockets either. (laughs) So you guys are up for bigger challenges these days. (laughs) But it's possible. You'll notice less bickering and less back talk. If your child is back talking to you, check your connection. What's going on with you? They will exhibit more willingness to please us. More willingness to do what they need to do. You know, if it's doing the chores with you, they'd be okay. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, my <laughs> daughter, she surprises me, and it really truly blows my mind. Sometimes I'll ask her for something, or her dad, as small as, "Can you pass me that water bottle over there?" Or last night, I asked my daughter, "Can you bring me your pull-up?" And we asked her to bring Aniston's diaper, and okay, her yes, mommy, yeah. yeah, and yes. Like those little things blow my mind when she's just,
1: yeah, normal. That's actually when our children are connected with us, when they feel that deep connection, that's the behavior to expect. When that three and a half year old goes, no, you know, Serena, that you've missed something. Mm hmm. You haven't been the observer in the last hour or the last half a day or whatever, and something has happened that has broken some connection and you need to repair that, right? Yeah. But the normal, when we are connected with our children, it's they're willing to do, not all the time, not every single time it's bath time or brush your teeth time, but they are willing when the connection is the underpinning of the relationship. So our children feel more secure. One way that you might notice that is your toddlers may play independently for longer. You'll notice less anxiety behaviors and more trust. Children who are confident are going to be more comfortable with eye contact. And this is a big one your child will be willing to share their thoughts and feelings with you. And it's big because as they grow up, you want that foundation. Right now when they're two or three and they're like, I didn't like it when my sister took that from me. And you're like, oh, come on. No. If you say, oh, that really upset you. I want you to appreciate those feelings in that little child, like they are so important because they are. And when we can appreciate those and acknowledge those now with our two and three-year-olds, guess what? When they're 15 and 16 and 17 and they got big feelings about bigger kinds of things, they're going to be able to come to us then too. So lay the foundation now. All right. And we did talk just before we jumped on, Serena, about how every relationship needs um, to be fed. It needs attention. It needs us to be present. And you had shared a little bit about your relationship with your husband and how you've just come to something there, right?
0: Yeah, so I, I we have noticed that our daughters need that one-on-one time and daddy will do daddy dates and I'll do my kitty dates with my girls separately. But mm-hmm. I did forget <laughs> about <laughs> yeah. my relationship with my husband. And my mother-in-law, she would constantly say, you need to go out on dates, you need to go out on dates. But I have been so focused in practicing nurturing parenting and after a long day of work, or a long week of work. I feel like it's my kids that need my attention, but thankfully she did bring to my attention that my husband too needs some attention. So we have implemented a once a week date night for mommy and daddy. And although it's hard sometimes because I much rather would just be home with my kids, it's very necessary. And one day my kids are going to fly the coop and it will be my husband and I. And so Mm -hmm. I do need to nurture that relationship as well, because it's a long one. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: And we are with our partners and with our children building long-term relationships and they need to be fed, right? So that's that's the encouragement is to notice that your relationship with your child just like your relationship with your adult partner or friendships they need to be nurtured. We need connection. And I just want to put in last week we had a beautiful episode about partnerships. And we interviewed a couple who work with partners. So if you haven't listened to that one, please go back and have a listen. Okay. So there you go. What connection isn't, what connection is, what it looks like to actually be connecting with your child and some of the indicators that your child is feeling connected or not. I hope that really helps. If you have any questions, like always, reach out to us through email or through DMs. We love to hear from you, and we love you.
0: All right, so let's dive into my gems because this might be the first time I have so many. (laughs) But it's about five. We can say two or five, and you'll see why. So my first gem is that connection does not come from buying in to their needs and their wants. We cannot buy their connection. We cannot give them their connection in more screen time, more candy. That will have the opposite effect. I guarantee it. This is something that I need to practice. It's so easy to give in sometimes and we feel like they're going to be happier and feel more loved when we give them what they want. But it is so far from true. And so that brings me into my next gems, which is the four S's. So each can be a gem, or this could be altogether my second gem. But that connection comes from our kids feeling seen, safe, soothed, and secure. And to get a little bit more into that, Letting them feel seen by acknowledging their feelings, validating their feelings, getting down to their eye level and speaking to them will help them feel seen. And acknowledging the feelings that you see that they are feeling will help them feel seen. For safe, holding those boundaries, holding consistent boundaries so they know what their parameters are will help them feel safe. Number three, is soothed. That's getting that one-on-one time. Also acknowledging their feelings, validating them. But going out on a daddy date or whatever date with your kid, having that story time, having a dance party, doing the chores together. And sometimes I would say that I have to ignore the chores So I can sit there and play with my daughter. But sometimes she can help me. She loves this matching game. Like a dinosaur matching game that we have now. And so after playing that a few times. I'm like you're amazing at making matches. You can help me with the socks. You would be perfect at that. And then we can get that one on one time. While getting things done. And not having my room Look like a mess. And then lastly, is that security part. And that's having your kids know and feel that you're on the same team. And then they will play on the same team as you. And sometimes it amazes me. I'll ask my daughter to pass me a diaper or hand me whatever, help me with her little sister. And she is so willing to do it. And sometimes I'm like, wow, I'm so shocked that she said yes, but that's awesome. (laughs) And um, and I think that also comes with being able to communicate with them from a gentle, calm, and grounded place. And having that mutual respect when we are communicating. And sometimes she'll ask me for something and I'll say, of course. And I hear her repeated to me now all the time when I ask for something. She's like, of course, mom. <laughs> and I love it. So... We hope that this episode helped you. We hope that you can take something away and implement it into your parenting. Hopefully, you'll see some good positive changes, hopefully. So let us know how it works, what you got out of this episode. We love hearing from you, and we'll see you again next week here at the Nurturing Parent Podcast. Take care. I
2: want to sing with you. With you, oh how I love to be with you! Aya, 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 I do. Aya, 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 I do. Such a short time we've been together seems like a lifetime or two. Never knew I could love.